0: At this time, I regret to inform you that Under the Bridge is going on indefinite strike. I have decided I don't pay myself enough. (laughs) And I refuse to acquiesce to my demands, so I've left me with no other choice. Wait, we get to pay ourselves? No, just me. (laughs) 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 Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Welcome to Under the Bridge. (laughs) I'm Cody, a.k.a. The Scarlet Troll.
1: And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg.
0: And we'll get into why that particular joke happened in just a bit here, but first, let's start off with some comic stuff, because I actually have some this time, again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Jim Lee has been promoted to president of DC Comics, having already been serving as its publisher and its chief creative officer. Okay. This is interesting, because he's been with them for a while. He was co-publisher with Dan Didio since 2010, I think. Hmm. And then he was... Chief creative officer since 2018. So, he's been around for some shit. That's putting it one way. <laughs> I mean, he he was around and very much high up on the hierarchy for stuff like the New 52. Oh, okay. So for that, he has some of my enmity. Fair. But the fact that he's still there tells me that he's either got some good ideas, or he's very good at weaseling out of blame. <laughs> <laughs> now,
1: is he the president of DC proper or just the comic book stuff?
0: Just the comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, DC Studios is still James Gunn and Peter Safran.
1: Okay. I wasn't sure if that aspect had in overhead that was just DC and he was the president of DC as a whole.
0: Nope, just the comic books. Oh, okay. I shouldn't say like that doesn't matter, but really considering how much money that industry makes or doesn't.
1: Yeah, <laughs> fair.
0: Studios pretty much treat them as a IP farm
1: these days. That is how it goes, though. This sector makes a bunch of money, or it doesn't. <laughs> like, there's no other direction it can go in. It's not like, well, it made a little bit of money. It's like, no, either it made a buttload of money, or, or it's it an abysmal failed. failure!
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's kind of frightening to a certain extent. Thunderbolts and lightning, indeed. So we'll see how that goes. Hmm. I also have news on the other side of the DC Marvel coin. Okay. Magneto is back. Apparently. Maybe. He, he might I, not be. It's suspicious. I didn't know that Magneto ever left. Oh, he, he's been dead for like a year now. <laughs> I didn't know he died. <laughs> yeah, Judgment Day happened. The Eternals went to war with the X-Men. Uh, Uranos, one of the first Eternals, and a massive genocidal dickhead started mm. killing the mutants on Mars, which has been rechristened to Araco. And Magneto got his heart ripped out.
2: But through Ooh, a
0: combination of, no, no, not the sexy way, in the, <laughs> in the visceral, physically unpleasant way. But he managed to temporarily sustain himself using a combination of his powers and Storm's help, and okay. managed to push Uranus back, and then he died. And even though the mutants are all about resurrection these days, the Iraqi mutants aren't. They think it's an insult, they think death should be final, and that it's a cheat to resurrect. So he Mm. decided to delete his own backups in order to better connect with them. And even as he lay dying, still rejected that.
2: Huh. Okay.
0: So he was supposed to be dead, but then he just showed up again at the end of Scarlet Witch number 5. We don't know what the deal is beyond that Mm. he is going to be in the Contest of Chaos event that is happening this summer. Oh boy. In which you have Agatha versus Wanda, and apparently they're brainwashing a bunch of other Marvel heroes with chaos magic to do it. (laughs)
1: Okay, that sounds like a recipe for a disaster.
0: Oh, doesn't it just?
1: Yeah. <laughs> or success, depending on your outlook and who you root for.
0: Yeah, judging from this comic cover, Deadpool's involved, Venom's involved, Thor's involved, Storm, Black Panther, Captain America Falcon, Iron Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, Wolverine, Captain Marvel, Ghost Rider.
1: I feel like a, a mind-washed Deadpool would be more of a detriment than a help.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, come to think of it. If you brainwash Deadpool with chaos, does he become more orderly? I feel like he would become even more chaotic, which is impressive because he's already
1: chaotic enough and already hard enough to control.
0: Deadpool's whole whole shtick is that he's so crazy that Taskmaster can't copy his fighting style. Mm. And that's Taskmaster's whole gimmick. Right. Only one other person, I think, does that, and that's Moon Knight. (laughs) No, it's great in the latest run. Somebody tried to hire Taskmaster to kill Moon Knight, and he's just like, "What are you crazy? <laughs> I'm not going. In, I'm not going near that maniac."
1: Oh dear, <laughs> that's that's saying something. That is an introduction if one was
0: ever needed, right? Mm. So yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I'm not surprised if Magneto is back because, well, it's comics. Right. Death only sticks if you're a C-lister or below, or Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben's Ben's an O-Lister. He's an origin story character.
1: (laughs) It's like, we need a new category. O-List celebrity.
0: (laughs) What's that? It's a celebrity who dies in somebody else's origin story to explain why they're on the path to become rich and famous, okay? (laughs) That is an O-Lister, and it's Uncle Ben.
2: Mm.
0: Anyway, let's get to the big thing. Oh, boy. The Writers Guild of America is officially on strike. Yes. Yes, they are. Long and short of it is, they want more money, which they deserve. hmm And they also want provisions that protect them from encroachment on their jobs by AI, which is valid. So,
1: sorry, I know you're going more into that, but when I saw that particular thing, maybe it's because I don't keep up with that side of the industry, but I... It was a combination of, I did not know that that was a problem, and then I went... But I'm also not surprised that that's a problem at the same time. (laughs) It's not
0: yet, as I understand Mm. it. But the problem is with the rise of AI-generated art, they want to get ahead of it and guarantee that studios don't just turn around and go, Oh, we'll just have AI write the scripts and then have actual writers just punch them up to make them sound more human. That is horrible. Right? That is such a horrible thought. What a disgusting idea. Also, they want better residual formulas, which, again, also fair, because they get paid jack shit in the streaming era.
1: Oh, so is this is that the, hey, we still make things, but we don't get paid for the new age of, like, digital on-demand content side of it?
0: Yeah, apparently streaming residuals are shit, and part of the problem is, you know how networks and studios like Netflix and what have you don't actually release viewership data? Mm. That's not just to the public, apparently. They don't tell the writers. What? Yeah. So the studios refuse to acquiesce to these demands, including, no, we're not going to tell you how well these shows that you get paid based on how well they do, do. (laughs) Just trust us, it didn't make a lot. (laughs) What? I'm flabberg- God almighty.
1: (laughs) Pay your writers, first off. You're so
0: flabbergasted, you can't even say flabbergasted. Yes,
1: because it's the thing of like, because- this is, I think we've talked about, not in the sense of movies or the writer's guild, but we've talked about similar events like this before in the podcast and outside of the podcast too. And every time something like this happens for these reasons, what I'm always reminded of is the thing is like, hey, this doesn't work. You know that why this doesn't work? Because this is how Activision was created. <laughs> no, because it's the whole thing of the whole reason why Activision became a thing was because, if I recall correctly, Atari, would go, like, hey, just so you guys know, we made buttloads of money on this new game that just came out. So, yeah, good job on making this game that made our company a lot of money. Meanwhile, the developers and the coders were like, hey, are we getting any of that? Because we did all the hard shit. We actually made the game, and they were, I want to say, like, at the time, they were salaried completely. There was no bonus or whatever. Right. And when it was pressed, Atari basically told them, uh, well, no, be thankful. Basically, be thankful you have a job. And then they went, no, screw that. And that's literally how Activision was born. Yeah. So it's like, every time I I hear stories about this, like, Activision and including the shit that Activision is doing right now (laughs) is the reason why you don't do this. Just pay your writers. Pay the people that are making you the most money.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially when the top brass is already making a buttload of money. I think combined, a lot of these CEOs of Netflix and Warner Brothers and Disney and what have you make like over 770 million dollars annually or something. Mm -hmm. Which is just... Huh! Wonder why you can't pay anybody else!
2: What a mystery
0: this is!
1: I don't know. I forget what the movie is, but I'm always reminded, with stories like this I'm always reminded of the GIF or the meme where it's a dude crying on a couch and he wipes his tears with $100 bills.
0: Yeah! It's one of those. So, the, the other thing is, the last time something like this happened was 15 years ago, back in, like, 2007-2008. The war 15 years ago. The war 15 years ago. <laughs> if you're an Ace
1: Combat fan, you understood that reference. I didn't, but I still <laughs> thought it
0: was very good. <laughs> so, that was responsible for, among other things, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen.
1: Oh, yeah, wasn't that... A- That's right, because that just reminded me of it. Wasn't that also the thing where the strike happened... Instead of Hollywood going, okay, maybe we should listen to them. They were just like, screw it, we can make our own movies. And they ended up
0: being like ten yeah. times worse. Yeah, no, they <laughs> let it drag on for months, which could still happen here. Hmm. Because they're all stupid. The executives, <laughs> not the writers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is one of those things where we won't see most of the impact for months. Hmm. Because everything is just grinding to a halt now. Obviously all the late night shows are on pause while the strike is happening because... There's mm. nobody to write for them. Oh, I didn't think about that.
1: Like I thought it was just mostly concentrated on movies.
0: No, no, it's TV too. Because mm. okay. a lot of those, a lot of those late night shows would have your studio owned.
1: Oh, yeah. So they're going to employ people who are with the writers' guild then. Too.
0: Exactly. Okay. Uh, an unfortunate casualty on the things relevant to us. Blade's pre-production is now on hold. This movie's cursed. <laughs> it's so cursed. And you know what? It's unfortunate because
1: this is like the one thing where it's like no. I am completely okay with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't complain.
1: Yeah, the reasons for this delay, it's like, no, totally on board, totally get it. But man, this movie's cursed.
0: (laughs) Especially because Disney and Warner Brothers are still demanding that people who are on strike still perform their other non-writer duties.
1: What? What other non-writer duties do writers
0: have? Well, according to The Hollywood Reporter, there's a letter from the legal department of ABC Signature, owned by Disney, which says... Mm. We want specifically to reiterate to you as a showrunner or other writer-producer that you are not excused from performing your duties as a showrunner and or producer on your series as a result of the WGA strike. Your personal services agreement with the studio requires that you perform your showrunner and or producing duties, even if the WGA attempts to fine you for performing such services during the strike. What?
1: Yes, but again, what are those services?
0: <laughs> right? Like like if, what are you going to
1: do? If, yeah, like, if you're a writer or a showrunner, your job is literally to write. So it's like, what are your other sort surf- I don't, like, is it a thing of, like, literally showing up and getting paid to do nothing?
0: Presumably, like, it's trying to keep it going. Like, I get, in theory, if you already have a written script, you can, you can film, you just can't really make any alterations. So if it turns out your first draft was crap, whoops!
1: <laughs> now, part of me is just kind of like, you know what, carry on with that. Just make it bad. And then when they go, what the hell happened? It's like, because I'm on strike. Gee, it's writing. almost like
0: you didn't have writers!
1: Yeah, it's almost like you didn't have writers. So it's like, well, why didn't we have writers? Because you don't pay us enough money.
0: <laughs> but I think on the ignorance cake, mm. n- nothing takes it quite like what human punchline David Zaslav said.
1: <laughs> human punchline.
0: <laughs> the living tax write-off himself said, mm. while talking to the host of the CNBC show Squawk Box.
2: What? <laughs> No, hold I'm on. i <laughs> sorry. What is- Hold <laughs> on. Continue.
0: So he said, in order to create great storytelling, we need great writers. We need the whole industry to work together. Everybody deserves to be paid fairly, which almost sounds good. Okay, first half is good. Yep. When asked about a resolution, he said it should be done in a way that makes the writers feel they are valued, which they are, and compensated fairly, and then off we go. And he finished up by saying the strike will end due to a love for the business and a love for working. We Uh, all came into this business because we love storytelling. That's what's uh, going to bring us together. Gee, that's uh, such a comforting thought, Mr. I make $39 million a year. Man, he was
1: so close, too. He was just this far. I mean, you can't see it because radio. But he was just... This close to be to like nailing it
0: actually almost <laughs> sounded like a decent human being.
1: Yeah, it's like man, he was so cl- he was almost there.
0: I love for working. It. Yeah, that's why I do my nine to five. I just love having a job so much. <laughs> I just love spending forty hours a week on it.
1: It's just like, it's not it's to pay like, my bills or anything. Yeah, it's just like drinking. It's like. I'm pretty sure I wanna say there was like a meme of some game character or cartoon character just having their mouth stuffed with food or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> I just love having a job <laughs> <laughs> I just love eating these.
0: <laughs> I love going in a depressive spiral over the pointlessness of my existence. <laughs>
1: This sticker is obnoxious and dangerous, but I do love writing.
0: And that wonderful feeling that I'm completely wasting my life so somebody else can make a buttload of money because they clued into the fact that the way to make more money is make my job harder. Mm. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with anything.
1: No, we don't. Yeah, that, that is not relevant to the discussion.
0: Nothing going on here. Mm. No, sir.
1: Man, that was that is the epitome of he had us in the first half. Not not gonna, gonna lie.
0: lie. <laughs> Terrible. Stranger Things final season is also halted production now. Hmm. Rings of Power season two is apparently still going to film.
1: What is that?
0: The Lord of the Rings series.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Just without any of the showrunners either. Oh, I wonder how that's going to (laughs) go. Poorly. (laughs) Very poorly, I'd assume.
1: Mm.
0: Oh, man. Just what absolute shit show.
1: Yeah, just love to see it. (laughs)
0: At least on the upside, I feel like the prevalence of social media and oh, increased yeah. internet activity makes it way easier for people to side with the writers. Because yeah. I feel like back when this happened ages ago, nobody really knew what was going on, and we were all just like, "Just, just get back to it. We want our entertainment stuff." But now it's like, "No, no, you do you. You get, you get your bread. You, you deserve it."
1: Yeah, no, I it, like in this more connected age, it's a lot harder if you're like the execs who's like trying like fight against this. It's a lot harder to escape that raft now, because information and news travels a lot more quickly and is a lot easier to come across, to where a uh, General Joe Schmo, especially in the general current world climate, will be like, no, no, fuck you guys.
2: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: exactly. Yeah, the writers deserve their bread, especially for some of these movies. Because, so, like, again, I know I've talked about this on this show before, but... When I first started doing this podcast with you and like seeing movies more regularly, the thing that blew my mind and still blows my mind every now and again is the fact that on a literal weekly basis, hundreds of millions of dollars are just gone. Like, okay, yep, do it Yeah. for new new movies every weekend. So they hear that that happens weekly, every week, 52 weeks out of the year, 52 times in a year. And the writer's... Who actually are the backbone of it, of it being good, or not good, admittedly, don't get the bread that they deserve, is completely insane.
0: It is! It's just nutty. So yeah, 100% support. You guys do you. Keep us updated. I'll not watch whatever you want me to not watch, for the most yeah. part.
1: Yeah, for, yeah, same.
0: You don't have to tell me not to do something. <laughs> Push cut the shove, I got a backup plan. If... If they're like, boycott all the new releases, cool, I'll just go talk about old movies.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'd I'd be down for that, too.
0: Backup plan!
1: Indeed.
0: Ah. What an absolute nightmare. (laughs) In good news, but also I'm not entirely sure how seriously we should take it news. Okay. James Gunn and Chris Pratt were doing an interview with the Toronto Sun, and during that interview, James Gunn suggested that Crypto the Superdog is going to be in Superman Legacy. Oh, neat. Yeah. I, I'm I'm hesitant because what ended up happening was they were joking about stuff and Gunn said to Chris Pratt, I was hoping I could cast you as Crypto the Superdog. You could do motion <laughs> capture on set and walk around your hands and knees, but you can't talk. Oh, that sounds... <laughs> Man, God, I can't tell if he's trolling
1: or not, though. That's the, the hard part. <laughs> and then Pratt
0: says, I'll do Crypto, but you have to pay me in Crypto. Which gun no. to... no Gunn, they're having a, they're just having a laugh, gun okay. retorts, I'll pay you in crypto, which amounts to zero dollars,
1: okay, there we go,
0: <laughs> all right, but I want a million of them yeah, I'll give you a million zero dollars,
1: <laughs> no, I'll give you a million zero dollars no, it's like there's actually a million zeros after the one
0: <laughs> Whew. Uh, Ooh, so- that was close. <laughs> Then Pratt said, it sounds like there's going to be a character called Crypto and Superman, breaking news. To which the interview sa- interviewer said, that's a scoop for me. And then Gunn said, it is a scoop, I guess. Mm. And then Pratt said, way to go, you're fired. Back to Marvel.
1: Oh, man, I don't know how to take that out. <laughs> that last yeah. half is just all over the place.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it, when you hear them talk about it, it's clear that they're just having a laugh. Oh, okay. <laughs> but... It also means, I don't know, maybe they were just joking? Mm. We can't 100% guarantee that means crypto. I hope for crypto, though. Bring in bring in all the crazy shit. Bring in the multicolored kryptonite. Bring in Beppo the super monkey. I don't care. <laughs> maybe not Comet. You can have Streaky. Maybe not Comet. What was Comet again? Comet the super horse was a centaur transmuted- <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, I regret asking.
0: Hold <laughs> <laughs> well, no, on, I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay, uh, He was a centaur who was transmuted into an actual horse, but still kept his sapiens. I think. He mm. was Supergirl's pet, and also in love with her. Uh, no! <laughs> no! Oh, no! What an hate... all-around terrible concept.
1: <laughs> yes, it's not helped by... I, uh, God, I hate the internet. <laughs>
0: I think he was a centaur. <laughs>
1: I, oh, I hate the internet. I Hold on a second,
0: internet. now I have to check, because I don't actually remember if he, was a, if he was a centaur.
1: All I can say in response to that is, I hate the internet. Anyone else who hates the internet, I'm pretty sure you know why I say that.
0: <laughs> okay, pre-crisis. Oh, yep, centaur in ancient Greece named Byron. The witch Cersei gave a potion to turn him fully human after he prevented an evil sorcerer poisoning her water. By mistake, she made him fully horse instead. <laughs> Unable to reverse the spell, she gave him superpowers, including immortality. Okay. Oh, and also he was temporarily turned human and became Supergirl's boyfriend, and I don't think she knew he was her horse. Oh, oh, now we're going full Japanese in the problematic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, all right, we went from problematic implications to just problematic anime implications. Boy, I can't
0: wait until Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is about to come out, because Comet briefly appears in that book, and I can't wait to do a poorly explained about that one. (laughs) (laughs) because everyone will have forgotten that I said this.
1: What is with, um, maybe it's just because I watched someone talk about how problematic Seven Deadly Sins is, the anime, and it's like, just why is this a thing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. And it's also
1: a thing of, part of my brain just goes, you shouldn't be entertained, this is problematic. I'm like, oh, it's objectively problematic, but I can't stop watching or reading.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, just because it's problematic doesn't mean it's not... This is, there's no good way to salvage this sentence, but no, you know, there
1: isn't. There absolutely look just because it's
0: problematic doesn't mean it can't also be entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to acknowledge that it's problematic and try not to glorify it.
1: Yeah, no. If you're one of the people who are like, yeah, but it's fine, it's like, no, then you're kind of the problem at that point.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's better or worse if you acknowledge you're part of the problem, but you know what? Let's let us let us move on. Trailer yes. time. <laughs> Trailer time! We finally got some. We, we we got some good ones, and by good ones, I mean we got some trailers.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: <laughs> we finally got Gran Turismo. Ah, uh.
1: <laughs> I hate it. I
0: I hate I, everything about this.
1: I want to hear your thoughts more because I'm pretty sure I've ranted and raved on this I, movie. More
0: I than just, even knowing it's based on a true story, this feels too stupid to be real. Mm. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't believe it. I'm disgusted by the fact that it's actually a Sony-owned movie called Gran Turismo just because just cause the kid's life story is he played so much Gran Turismo he got good at race. Fuck! I Good for <laughs> him! Good for him! Mm-hmm. Not to denigrate his accomplishments or anything. That is not what I'm setting out to do. It just looks like a stupid fucking movie.
1: So what's funny about it is that Obviously, the the central hub, as far as, like, people, people are talking about this, is on a forum called GT Planet, which is, like, the Gran Turismo forum. It is, like, the place you go to. There are a couple things that were, like, being talked about. Because I've already given my thoughts, for the most part. The only things I can really say about the trailer is that I went from completely hating it to this still looks bad, but I am probably going to actually go see it. Like it looks horrible, <laughs> but it doesn't look absolutely god awful. Um, I the the main one of the main complaints that I found very funny. I'm just like, yeah, I can kind of get behind that. Is that people were having a bit of a problem amongst very many other things as far as like cars that shouldn't be there and making a movie about Gran Turismo, which doesn't have a story to begin with. Was that the actors that they chose to play the contestants in the GT Academy all look like scrawny gamer nerds who have never exercised a day in their life. And we were like, okay, actually, not all of us are like that. Can we please kill this stereotype?
0: Yeah, some of us are fat nerds.
1: <laughs> some of us are nerds that work out.
0: <laughs> I know what I said. Mm. How did they get David Harbour and Jamon Hansu for this? How? Money. <laughs> from where i don't know who threw money at this <laughs> sony <laughs> that okay yeah that explains it
1: yeah i i will say if there's anything that i do legitimately hate about this trailer and this movie is the logo for the movie the actual red and blue gran turismo logo that's fine because that actually is like one of the main logos for this for the series but i hate the fucking actual typed out logo that looks like it was made from some, um, like, font off of, like, Microsoft Word. Especially because, literally after the first title screen for the the movie, showing the logo for the movie, the next scene is the actor playing Gran Turismo 7 with the Gran Turismo logo front and center. I'm like, it's right there! And it's like, it'd be one thing if this was, like, a third-party movie, but no, this is a movie bankrolled by Sony. About one of their main first-party IPs, just use the fucking correct logo. And <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such a minor thing, but
0: it bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> I just the the bit when he, when when the the image of the car forms around him, he just goes, "I know this course." It's just like... <laughs> again, <You know? laughs> again, not to denigrate the actual accomplishments of this guy, because I don't mean to do that. No, but from a cinematic perspective, it's really fucking silly.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say. Actually, what's very funny. This is kind of a tangent. Several years ago, when there's a there's a big racetrack in in Germany called the Nurburgring. It's considered the most difficult and dangerous like racetrack on the planet. So, but it's still one that gets regularly used. There's regular races that happen there, and they also have a driving school there. Around 2004, 2005, the track was starting to show up a lot more in like more mainstream games like Gran Turismo and Forza. And there was actually a journalist that I follow who went to the Nürburgring for a press launch of a car, I believe. Okay. But when they got there, they had to go through the driving school and the instructors were like, okay, has anyone played this track on either Gran Turismo or Forza? A bunch of people raised their hand and were like, okay, all of you are going to go last (laughs) <laughs> because you do not drive this track like you do in the video game you will actually die
0: <laughs> yeah like that bit in the trailer yeah <laughs> you misalign in for in the race you die
1: yeah i don't know if there is anything i can add to it is that it looks at, at very best this movie looks mid i do love it's very funny to me like the bits in the trailer with the exception of the bit at the end of the trailer where he's talking about how he's driven the track a million times and the car forms around him in in game that's from a different racing game called iRacing by the way the <laughs> the bits of the game of Gran Turismo in the first part of the trailer are all clips from the game's initial release trailers before it even came out so it's not actually him playing the game because I, I saw that I was like I know those clips Those from all the promotional trailers before the game even came out. Oh, we're in for a good... They couldn't even get
0: gameplay footage? (laughs) You own the games! Yeah, and I was like...
2: What the fuck?!
1: (laughs) I was like, oh, I hope they don't keep this for the movie, because if they keep this for the movie, this is gonna be a... This might be... More of what Episode Nine of Star Wars was to me.
0: Oh, Jesus. I can't wait to see something else that weekend.
1: Yeah, because, again, Episode 9 the only reason I enjoyed it was because the movie literally killed all of my expectations in the first 20 seconds.
0: Yeah, sorry, Greg. I'd love to see the Gran Turismo movie this weekend for the podcast, but I accidentally on purpose stabbed myself in the side, and I had to go (laughs) seek immediate medical attention.
1: (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Unless there's something, like, actually insanely good. I mean, it probably wouldn't even have to be insanely good. If there's something actually good on that weekend, I'll probably skip Gran Turismo, but... I don't think this...
0: there was. What weekend does it come out? That's a good question. August 11th. August. So, yeah, what comes out the weekend August of the August 2023 movies. Oh, is it... Please tell me it was Blue Beetle. Please tell me Blue Beetle came out the same fucking weekend. Please. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, nope. Last Voyage of the Demeter. Okay, I'm out. I'm safe. I'm good. Oh, that's the World as a
1: Vampire movie,
0: Yes, right? I'm good. I don't have to go to, see- to go see Gran Turismo. I'm safe. I can watch something else. Fuck yes.
1: Then I guess that's a double feature weekend. <laughs> there is a god.
0: I don't have to step in. Huh.
1: And then we have Dune? <laughs>
0: Yeah, we finally got a trailer for Dune. I guess stuff happens in this one.
1: Yeah, it looks really cool. I still haven't seen the first one.
0: I did, and I don't remember it at all. <laughs> okay. I remember getting really mad when it ended, because somehow, mm-hmm. despite that movie being forever long, it felt like nothing happened until the very end. And then I was like, oh, all right, I'm psyched. What happens next? They're gonna go take the fight to... Oh, it's over. <laughs> well, plus so was- me, I guess.
1: <laughs> so it was literally... You had the same reaction that I did when I watched Lord of the Rings for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! It's like, huh, this movie has a lot to
0: wrap up, and the- Oh, it's over! Okay, well, fuck it, me! <laughs> it, it was Lord of the Rings in terms of pacing and meandering on a little bit too long and ending right when you think shit's gonna get good, but mm. it's missing all the charm. <laughs> like, you don't actually care about any of these fuckers and their politics. That's right. You know? But, like, they still managed to get Florence Pugh for this, so... And Dave Bautista. And Dave Bautista, I I thought he was already in it. I thought he was in the last one. i say,
1: I don't know if he was in the first one.
0: He made a big deal, I think, about actually having stuff to do, and then he barely did anything.
1: Ah, well, that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah, and no shade, because, you know, he is a genuinely good actor. Case in point, knock at the cabin. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so, I don't know, this looks... more action-y, I guess. Hmm. Maybe I'll rewatch the first Dune and see if I have a more favorable opinion knowing that stuff's apparently actually going to happen in this one. Yeah. Is this... I don't don't know if if, if there's only two parts or if this is like, get ready for like a five-part Dune. Oh, God, I
1: hope not. How long is the book again?
0: (laughs) I, too long, probably.
1: Okay. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I don't don't have much else to say about Dune.
1: Yeah, neither do I, in all honesty. It looks okay.
0: We also got a trailer for Oppenheimer.
1: Uh still probably gonna see that over the Barbie movie. However, I do have to say I am a lot more worried about my ability to hear once I leave that theater.
0: <laughs> so I will say I'm still gonna see Barbie over this one that weekend, but I might go back and watch this one anyway. Fair. Cause this doesn't look bad. I'm mostly no, just far kind of it. I'm just, it, it just Barbie looks more up my alley, and which, God, I, what a sentence! But- <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: I was I was talking to my coworker about that earlier. I forgot what brought it up, but I was mentioning Oppenheimer, and it's like the unfortunate thing about Oppenheimer is that not only is that the same weekend as the Barbie movie, and I immediately followed with, and by the way, I never thought I would ever say that at all in my entire life.
0: <laughs> Comparing something unfavorably to the Barbie movie, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> it's just like. It's like, oh god, hard options. Historical movie about one of the most, like, arguably one of the events that have shaped how we function as a society. Versus Margot Robbie as Barbie, and that's a hard decision to make, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah, because it's like, it's like, what is literally a movie that is hundred percent checks all of my boxes, and then there's Barbie, and the cast
0: is amazing. "Mm -hmm." Yeah, (laughs) they got so many people for this. What the fuck? i mean it's chris nolan so i'm not surprised but jesus <laughs>
1: yeah it's like part of my brain is going why is this so hard This <laughs> shouldn't be hard we don't give a shit about barbie yeah but it's margot robbie and it seems to be completely batshit
0: <laughs> and a couple of guys starting to beat each other off
1: yes it's like okay no one's <laughs> beaching anybody off it's like
0: uh. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, Oppenheimer. It 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 looks good. I still have concerns about Christopher Nolan's awful sound mixing blowing my ears out because I've already been burned on Tenet.
1: Yeah, Tenet was so bad in that regard.
0: Oh, you wanted to hear the dialogue? Oh no, sorry. Oh, like, <laughs> that's oh, not happening.
1: Sorry. Let me. You want to hear the dialogue? Sure, but let me first show you the the sound of my. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoa, I didn't- uh, are, are you able to just play a clip from Tenet like that? I'm <laughs> sure we're getting a copyright strike.
1: Uh, God, it's oh, so man. Unfor- it's, go- it's so unfortunate because Tenet is actually a pretty good movie, but the bad audio just tanks it so hard.
0: I hate the fact that so far all I've done is talk about Barbie and Tenet in this Oppenheimer trailer discussion. <laughs> but no, this does look interesting. I like the bit of- are you telling me that if we flip this switch, there's a chance we blow up the whole world? Near zero. Near zero? What do you want from theory alone? Zero, zero would be, nice. be nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really does... Obviously, you know, the world doesn't blow up, but boy, how do you... It sells the horror of what they're doing. Yeah, that...
1: it very much sells the whole thing of how this was... We look at it in hindsight, but it cannot be stressed how this was completely unknown science and technology at the time no one like straight up nobody who was even involved at in the, in the as far as we knew at the time as far as the scientists knew from what i gathered all we were basically trying to do was just make a really big bomb that was still at the end of the day a conventional weapon right like it's just a really really big conventional bomb that basically just has a really big explosion that scares the bejesus out of the enemy and that's about it and we succeeded at that <laughs>
0: I'm guessing the fear was something along the lines of we don't know for sure that once we split one, it's not going to start a chain reaction that just keeps splitting everything.
1: From what I remember of the topic, effectively, yes.
0: Me! And they went with it anyway, the madmen.
1: Yeah, because it's kind of the thing, like, this will end the war, and it's just like, oh, but man, have we we fucked our (laughs) children for the next, like, several hundred years. Oh, man,
0: this is terrible.
1: Not just on that, but because of, like, everything that came after that. Like, Oppenheimer... I've mentioned this before, but up in high, and I hope this is something that gets talked about in Justice in the Movie, but the man legitimately regretted making the nuclear bomb after World War II. Yeah. Like, he was completely distraught with what he had created. So... So, yeah. <laughs> that just means he's a human being. <laughs> yeah, no. At the time, especially in, like, literally the America and the free world winning that war, I feel like it would have been really easy for anybody to just be like, yeah, we're the best. Meanwhile, my man is just like, Holy shit! What have I done? I have actually changed the world, and not in a good way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, the process of setting up this lab and gathering scientists looks fascinating. Mm. It's got a bunch of stellar actors who are knocking it out of the park, based on the trailer alone and based on their resumes alone. Yeah. For, as far as foregone historical conclusion movies where it's very obvious what happens goes, this looks this still has quite a bit of my interest. I'm yes. mostly just afraid of it being too long and too loud.
1: I can deal with it being long, considering what it is, but I am worried about it being too loud.
0: <laughs> too long wouldn't be a problem if it wasn't also running the risk of being too loud.
1: Uh, you know what, that's fair.
0: But I have no room to talk. How much shouting have I done this episode? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like both of us have done a fair amount of shouting.
0: <laughs> at, least, at least I edit it back down so I'm not clipping the mic. I don't bass boost it. Fair. <laughs> and then rounding out trailer time, just this evening, as of recording, well, just today, the day of recording, We got a trailer for The Meg 2, and this also looks excessively silly.
1: (laughs) It looks so stupid. Again, I haven't seen the first one. I wanted to see the first one because, well, it's Jason Statham, and I have an immediate interest in almost anything that involves that man. True. But, ooh, this this trailer has zero chill. (laughs) No. like... (laughs) Continue.
0: There were... So apparently there were two Megs in the first Meg, and now apparently they've decided to up it with three Megs, a giant octopus, and a bunch of other prehistoric things.
1: Oh, Jesus. That's- that's excessive.
0: The best it's thing little... I can say about this is it seems like a less stupid Sharknado. Is that a high bar, though? Uh, I feel like keeping that same shark-related spirit, yes. So fair. There- there's like three scenes back to back to back
1: in this trailer of people getting- very violently eaten by these creatures. Just um, om Just um, om like, no tomorrow. And, like, literally one where it's, like, a woman taking a selfie, and I thought, oh, she's safe. It's like, nope, just bust through the glass.
2: Just bragging about
0: the whole place being meg-proof, and I figured it was gonna take some time for the shark to bust through, but it would. I didn't expect immediately after she said it, chomp.
1: Yeah, it's, like, that happened. I was like, "This trailer has zero chill, and it looks like this movie also has zero chill."
0: <laughs> Let it not be said the movie is not self-aware.
1: Yes, if you're not a, f- I mean, it gore is one thing, but if you're not specifically not at all a fan of watching monsters eat people, don't watch this trailer or this movie.
0: <laughs> I like how they have the Meg chomp down on a T Rex as if to say, "Suck at Jurassic Park."
1: Yeah, I was yeah no. Like when that happened I was just like, oh fuck. <laughs> I
0: I can't imagine that ever actually happened.
1: Oh no, probably not.
0: A shark that big wouldn't get that close to land where it could beach itself. Yeah, no. What a terrible idea. Or maybe it would, I don't know. I feel like sharks are kinda stupid.
1: Uh they're I feel like they're not particularly smart, but for what's but all the smarts that they do have are used in being very terrifying. <laughs>
2: True, true.
1: They are very smart at hunting down and destroying whatever it is they want to eat. That that cannot be argued.
0: Fair. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a The Meg watch party at some point before The Meg 2 comes out. Hmm. I still have to catch up on some Fast and Furious movies, but I've already convinced myself that's probably not happening before Fast X. We, mu- You know what? I might as well just rewatch all of them leading up to Fast 11.
1: Yeah, fair.
0: <laughs> Except Fast X, because I'll have just seen it. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Shall we talk box office?
1: Yes, let's.
0: All right, so we did, in fact, I should hope it's obvious, see the highest grossing movie domestically this weekend. It was Guardians 3. Oh, boy. And initially, the movie was projected to bring in $130 million domestically, and then that was during very early tracking, and then they adjusted it lower and said, ah, probably 110 It came in somewhere in the middle. Domestically, oh, okay. it's sitting at $118.4 million and is currently at $289.3 million worldwide. Not a bad okay. opening weekend.
2: Yeah, no, not at no. all.
0: It is still lower than Guardians 2, I believe. Hmm. But that seems to be a pattern for the most part with. Movie. I guess not really, because Doctor Strange did better than its sequel. Ant Man had a better opening weekend than it's original two movies, even if it's coming in lower than both of them. Right. So it, it it's kinda hit or miss. We'll see what the legs on this one are like, and they're gonna have to be pretty good because the movie's budget was apparently two hundred and fifty million. Oof. But at least on this one I get it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see where it went. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, this was an expensive movie, but I understand why it's expensive. Second place, uh, Super Mario Bros. movie. First time not at number one since its release. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it took an $18.5 million domestically. It's sitting at $518 million domestic total and $1.16 million worldwide. Obviously still the highest grossing movie of this year. Third place, Evil Dead Rise. At $5.8 million domestically for a $54.2 million domestic total and $114.8 million worldwide. Boy, they were going to put it on HBO Max. <laughs> What
1: was its budget again?
0: I forget, but (laughs) not high. I don't think. Fair, fair. Seventeen million. No, wait. That's no. Hold on. Okay, I uh, That's the original reboot. Oh, okay. Fifteen and nineteen million. So. So it's making money. Oh yeah, it's making bank. Fourth place, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Okay. Still no worldwide information, but it's sitting at a $3.2 million domestic weekend for $12.5 million in domestic total, but its budget is $30 million. Oh, okay. So it's not hey. making that back. No, God, no. Not with diminishing returns. <sighs> and then in fifth place, I can't believe this made it. It knocked John Wick out of the top five. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll see if Mr. Wick climbs his way back because I doubt this movie's going to be in the top five again. Mm-hmm. Love Again.
1: What's Love Again?
0: You remember that really terrible movie we saw a preview from where the guy gets a phone number that used to belong to a lady's dead husband or
1: oh, whatever? Oh, no!
0: Yeah, that one. <laughs>
1: yeah, that one. He, oh, no. That is, I mean, uh, granted, I hate to say this about Tragic. I haven't watched, but that trailer was, made me just go, Problematic, the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. No worldwide information yet, but it's at 2.38 million domestically, against a nine million dollar budget. Okay, it's toast.
2: Yeah, just- I shouldn't
0: be that happy considering I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really judge it. But I have seen the trailer, and the trailer was abominable. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: man, again that that shit was just problematic. The movie, if it helps, just because I I like did a quick look on it, it has oh oh shoot now i kind of want to see this
0: oh how bad's the
1: ratings the critic score is 19 percent, but the audience score is 93 (laughs) so for those who are new to this podcast one of the things that me and cody suffer from is that any movie that has wildly opposite ratings we're like shit we want to see that because it's either going to be it's probably going to be really bad and we want to see how bad it is
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh! <laughs> no, I don't want to. Let's talk no, Guardians. Let's talk Guardians. Let's, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about this.
1: Let's talk about Guardians Three.
0: Guardians Three is a good movie. It's a it's really a very good, good
1: movie. movie. Yes, very much so.
0: Dare I say one of the MCU greats? Mm. I don't know. I don't know if it makes my favorite list, but my favorite list is an is a different list from my great movies list. If that makes sense.
1: I mean. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you can edit it. Is it kind of spoilery if I mention that it's probably my favorite PG-13 F-bomb movie ever?
0: No, I don't think that's a spoiler. Okay. (laughs) But it's like Winter Soldier, right? One of the better MCU movies. Yes. Not necessarily one of my favorites. Don't necessarily watch it over and over again. I'll watch Civil War over and over again. I'll watch Guardians Volume 2 over and over again. There's some overlap. Black Panther's both a genuinely great movie, and I'll watch it over and over again. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same with Shang-Chi, although I think maybe Shang-Chi skews a little more towards favorite rather than one of the better ones just in terms of filmmaking structure and what have you.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I would put Shang-Chi in that that category for me as well.
0: Just because the third act. Just because it was such a good kung fu movie with all the Mm. really good hand-to-hand fighting and then it just turns into a big CGI slugfest with a giant monster. in. A little disappointing, but (laughs) still very good. Anyways, right. this isn't about that. This is about Guardians 3. Really good movie. And it's really hard to talk about it without spoiling it, but I'll give it a go. Okay. Rocket gets very gravely injured in a fight. Complications arise trying to treat his injuries, forcing the Guardians to embark on a quest that entangles them into the secrets of his origin and his creators. And they also kind of save the galaxy while doing it. Kind of, maybe. The scope's smaller. It's not an ego problem. Or a Ronin problem.
1: No, it's, like, the overall scope of the movie in terms of where it goes and what it's trying to accomplish is very small. And, honestly, that I kind of like that. Because in that, it felt a lot more focused overall.
0: And it still like, feels big, even for not being yeah. a big universe-ending threat. It still... It feels like an escalation from where we were, somehow. Yeah. Probably because that emotional connection is there, and therefore... The survival of the Guardians themselves is as important to us as audience members as the universe not being destroyed. Right. So, James Gunn is a master of his craft. (laughs) He has my undying faith at this point.
1: And it is good but also unfortunate that he has been claimed by DC.
0: I am very sad that this will probably be the last thing he ever does for Marvel, but on the other hand, he is putting crypto in Superman Legacy, apparently, so either way, the man is doing God's work, and I can't complain. Fair. <laughs> the thing that amazes me is that, the for having such a big main cast, they all feel very well balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much everybody has some kind of arc
1: yeah everyone has has a respective arc or at least has some kind of conflict within the movie that I would from what I'm recollecting right now, all of the respective conflicts and everything are treated as well as each other like not like nobody's thing is especially jokey everyone the movie is jokey, don't get me wrong, but everyone's internal like arc and struggle and whatever is one where you can go,
0: yeah, I get that.
1: I I completely understand why that would happen.
0: (laughs) I think maybe one character got shortchanged, but it's understandable, and I'll get into why later. Okay. But, no, it's amazing how well he manages to juggle all these characters. It's amazing how he still manages to keep that offbeat, kooky Guardian sense of humor while never actually losing the stakes or that sense of importance. When he needs things to be tense, they're tense. And it does not matter what thing is happening in the background or the foreground or what's being said right it's also uncomfortable
1: yeah yes it is deeply (laughs) adding
0: on to the why it's not in my necessarily favorites of it it's uncomfortable to watch at points Mm. not just for not just for the reasons you might expect it's a gross movie (laughs) it's a viscerally unpleasant movie at points oh yes I can't even say who my favorites are in this, because I feel like that's a spoiler.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I was going to say it kind of jokingly. It's like, and that, that's the non-spoiler section over. <laughs>
0: it, it, it can't be yet. <laughs> like, just logically speaking, it can't be the end of the- no- Okay, I think I got something, but if you got something.
1: No, I really don't, honestly.
0: <laughs> I have a minor quibble. It's a nitpick. Okay. I think. Because there's a justification for it that I'm also going to get into later, the soundtrack feels like it doesn't hit as hard.
1: Yeah, I did agree with that because, like, the one of the big appeals of this of this subseries is the music, and it's one of those things where it's like on an individual level, all the music chosen is phenomenal, but I feel like in terms of its use and how it meshes up with one very specific exception. I like the music selection and its use more than how it was in Guardians 2, from what I remember of it, but still didn't feel as great as Guardians 1 for me, personally.
0: I feel like, to me, it's not as good, necessarily, as either of the first two, and I feel like the problem is, because the music choice has expanded out of the 70s and 80s, it feels like the franchise has lost a little bit of its identity. Hmm. Guardians was the one that had that 70s and 80s music that you maybe vaguely remember, but also just as many songs that you weren't really familiar with at all, because they weren't necessarily the most popular even when they were out. Yeah. And I feel like that was a big part of it. I can't really fault the movie for it, though, because A, with Peter now getting his songs from a Zune that they presumably got <laughs> from Earth in the, I don't know, 2000s <laughs> or something. <laughs> It makes sense that the music choice would have expanded out a little bit. And there's another thematic reason, but I'm going to get into that later.
1: Fair. I'm sorry. It's like, I know we're talking about Guardians 3, but that was still, I would say that was still probably my favorite scene in Guardians 2. (laughs) Really? The Zune? I mean, maybe not my absolute favorite, but it was definitely up there. Just when um, shows up, it's like, hey, Peter, I know you're sad about losing your Walkman, but I got this for you. It's called a Zune. Apparently, it's like all the rage back on Earth. It's what
0: everyone on Earth is
1: listening to these days. <laughs> yeah, it's like It's, it's got whole 300, of 300 songs on it. And he's like, 300. It's just, I, I lost it so Oh, you hard. poor
0: sweet summer child. And it's
1: like, I started losing it as soon as he said the word Zune. I was just like, oh no.
0: <laughs> okay, you know what I can say that's not a spoiler, mm. but will we'll be elaborated on later? Chakurya Luji mm. as the High Evolutionary. Master-class He's... villain. Knocks oh, it out he of the park. Great.
1: He is great. He is a phenomenal actor.
0: What a despicable human being <laughs> yeah. he plays. Actually, probably not even a human being. I'm not 100% on that one, but... Didn't he
1: also have an interview about the role, and he actually, like, owned that his character is actually god-awful?
0: Yeah, no, I love it. He was talking with, I believe it was the Hollywood Reporter. Yeah, when talking with the Hollywood Reporter, he said... I don't believe that you have to defend your character. He's sadistic. His way of thinking has led us to some of the most terrible periods in our history and in humanity. So I cannot defend him, but I can defend playing him because it was a gift of a role for an actor. Yeah, no. And, yeah, I am so fucking sick of people (laughs) playing villains in these things, then trying to turn around and go... Oh well, well, you know, they kind of had a point, and if you look at it from a certain point of view, they're actually the hero. Shut the fuck up, Wanda. <laughs> uh, Wanda was always a villain. I'm not afraid to say it. Yes, I've said it hundreds of times, and I'll <laughs> say it a hundred more, and then I'll stop. I won't stop. No, not a very, not a very large film credit. No, because either.
1: I want to say he's relatively new to the game, isn't he?
0: Uh, I mean, his oldest role was in 2009, in terms of film. Mm. And sure. apparently he's been performing at the- He started performing at the Royal Shakespeare Company in 2001. Oh, jeez, okay, so yeah, he's been around the block then. I don't necessarily- I don't think he's been there the whole time, obviously, but- And he's so good here! He's just- Yes. It's that kind of- <laughs> it's that kind of villain where there is a depth to him, but it's not a depth that makes him more relatable or- Likeable, it makes him worse. Everything about him that you find out and see makes him worse. <laughs> it's a treat. Yes. Ah, I can't. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy. No, I mean the sets are phenomenal. the The care that went to everything is just amazing. From mm-hmm. the Bowie to nowhere to Counter Earth, mm-hmm. just ah, all around, just great. It's- I'm surprised I didn't cry as much as I thought I was gonna. Right. And I wonder if maybe that's just because the finality hasn't hit yet. Mm. It's a very satisfying conclusion because it is a conclusion to this iteration of the Guardians. We are not going to see this exact lineup again. Hmm. James Gunn has said definitively he is not going to make a Volume 4. He's not opposed to other people making future Guardians movies as long as, you know, they don't try to do the same style. Which is a g- fair because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and nobody should really try. Yeah. Maybe in like 20 years you could try again. As they
1: assu- Are we assuming that the MCU is no longer going to be a thing in 20 years?
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's rebooted. Hmm. Or if they start doing something entirely different, and maybe just do loose, unrelated film adaptations again by that point. Not fair. We'll see. Twenty years is a long goddamn time. Yes, it is. But no, this this is a very good conclusion. And even though it didn't, it didn't. Like I said, it didn't make me cry. But that didn't mean I didn't feel stuff. Hmm. Parts of it are horrifying. Oh, yes, they are. <laughs> and parts of it are very sweet. Hmm. And parts of it are tragic. You'd almost go that this is the
1: most human Marvel movie that's been, ever been made.
0: And there's one human in it.
1: And there's only one actual human. Well, technically two. Um,
0: it dep- I'm still not sure about the High Evolutionary. Fair. No, wait. Technically, there's a couple humans in it. yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Anyways, you think we should go into spoilers? I think so. All right. So, if you don't want to be spoiled, this is absolutely worth checking out. I think this might be the best trilogy of MCU films. It's definitely in the running in general, but it's definitely the best one that feels like all the way through it is about those characters. Because I feel like the main contender it has is Captain America, and those are all good. But Mm. Civil War, despite it's still definitely a Cap movie, it kind of veers off in Cap and Friends. Right. (laughs) Captain America featuring the Avengers. <laughs> so it's still good but it also it, it kind of feels like Cap's third movie got co-opted and that's not the case here
1: yeah no no, this is still very much focused on the Guardians of the Galaxy
0: so one of the MCU's definitely one of the best since the Infinity Saga probably one of their best in general definitely mm. one of their better trilogies it's real good I've already seen it twice I might see it again I don't know how, how have you already seen it twice <laughs> Beca- because I have time in my schedule Oh, that's fair. <laughs> I'm willing to spend two and a half hours watching a movie I like more than once. That's fair. So if you don't want to get spoiled, make sure to click away. In three, two, one. Nobody died.
1: Cosmo's a good dog. Yeah, nobody died. <laughs>
0: Cosmo is a good dog. <laughs> and I'm glad Cosmo lives.
1: Yeah, nobody... They spent a lot of time in the movie, or and I'm sorry, in like the trailers and the movie, making it seem like someone's going to die. And I was fully expecting, like, I think I was expecting either Rocket or Peter to die.
0: Now, see, I'm proud of myself. I called that there were too many death flags for Rocket. Mm. I'm quite pleased with that. I I was thinking to myself, it's too obvious. It can't possibly be him. Right. I wasn't convinced it wasn't going to be Star-Lord, though. Mm. So I wasn't 100% right. I did not have Nobody Dies on my bingo card. I figured maybe Star-Lord, maybe Drax.
1: Oh man, you know what? Actually, I want to say, like, during the movie, I was kind of, part of my brain was also like, okay, what are they going to do to Drax? Because I think, if I remember correctly, leading up to the movie, Dave Batista was...
0: Very clear that he's done.
1: Yeah, that he was like, okay, this is it for me. So it's like, oh shit, what are they going to (laughs) do?
0: Yeah, but instead, everybody gets an ending. The only character who I feel like didn't really get much of an arc is Groot, and to be fair, it's Groot
1: it's Groot. There's there's not that much that you can really do there.
0: Yeah, it's limited by his limitation in expressing himself until the very end. Mm-hmm. It turns out, James Gunn did clarify, it's not that he suddenly started speaking English, it's that we, the audience, can finally understand him.
1: Okay, so, okay, so I was correct then. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, because I kind of figured, it's like, no, that was the audience getting to hear what everyone else hears when Groot talks.
0: That was the most Dominic Toretto thing I've ever heard.
1: Yes, it was. <laughs> I love you guys. Man, it's 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 one line, it's one simple phrase, but it's used and done so wonderfully well.
0: So, it, it, it you know what, we might as well rewind, go back to the start. It's Adam Warlock who ends up gravely injuring Rocket. Mm-hmm. Adam is kind of underutilized in this movie, but that's fine. Because mm-hmm. he's part of the Guardians at the end, so they're setting him up for something bigger, potentially, I don't know... Depends on if they make more Guardians.
1: Is that it, keeping in line with the comics?
0: N- he's been a part of the Guardians, but he's radically different as a person. Oh, okay. Adam Warlock in the comics is quite a bit more mature. stoic. Yeah, mature. This one's a, this one's kind of a himbo. Mm-hmm. But he's an entertaining himbo. <laughs> he is. A- <laughs> Where did you go, squirrel?
1: He is entertaining. There were a couple, I feel like for me, there were a couple points, not any specifics, but a couple points where I was just like, please shut up. (laughs) Please just stop. Even though, but it was one of those things where it's like, I thought that and went, no, it makes sense. Because they have very much established that even though he has all these powers, he is very clearly mentally not totally mature.
0: Right, because the High Evolutionary busted him out of his cocoon early.
1: Yeah, like he's only been around for a very short amount of time.
0: Which, hey, I called it. He helped create Adam. (laughs) Mm. I didn't call that he helped create the entire Sovereign, or did create the entire Sovereign. Yeah. Beautiful numbskulls. Indeed. And it turns out the reason why regular healing tech doesn't work on Rocket is because there's a kill switch installed on his heart, because he's considered proprietary technology of OrgoCorp, owned by the High Evolutionary.
1: Because the High Evolutionary is an asshole.
0: Yeah, he is such an asshole. Everything about (laughs) (laughs) this movie has such an unsubtle, animal abuse is wrong message, but it works yes because it's so unflinching and unsubtle it is in your face Hmm. it is people who do this are fucking monsters
1: yeah and and this dude it's amazing how like i i personally feel like the only person who is more evil as far as villains of the mcu in my opinion is thanos like this dude is literally number two which is a hell of a place
0: to be considering some of the villains we've got i'll level with you i'd put him up i'd put him above you would put him above? I'd put him above Thanos. At least Thanos is theoretically trying to save the universe. Hmm. In a fucked up way. In an
1: extremely fucked up
0: way. <laughs> and it, it it does come back to his ego, but there's still a thing of... You can tell there's an actual tragedy in his past that helped push him to this. Mm. With the High Evolutionary, this guy's just doing it for his... Purely for validation of his own ego. Yes. And he's not even that good. No, Everything he... he does backfires because there is something wrong with him and his ego can't take it like literally he get... <laughs> Man has a bigger ego than ego.
1: Yes, so big in fact that he gets on a step stool to talk above one of his subordinates while talking about not having an overinflated ego. I'm just like,
0: "Okay." <laughs> that <was a> flex. <laughs> this is That's an attempt at a flex.
1: That's happened. It's like, I've never been so annoyed with a character, but also found something so funny at the same time. It's like, like, oh, I hate this dude, but that's that's a funny joke.
0: (laughs) No, it's good! Like I said, James Gunn is great at balancing humor with moments that should be terrifying or infuriating or horrifying. Mm -hmm. So, they end up breaking into the Orgoscope, which they need the help of the Ravagers, now led by Gamora. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not lead, but she's with them. Yeah, 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 Peter keeps trying to get her to quote-unquote remember, even though it's literally not the same Gamora.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like, this is not her, dude.
0: The moment she did something different from the previous Gamora, she ceased being the same Gamora. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a- as annoying as it is, Peter's insistence on hanging on to that is actually kind of relatable, even though I wasn't super invested in their relationship. It, I can yeah. still empathize. I
1: kind of battled with it a little bit. I know I talked to you a little bit about it after the movie. Because after I said this, I also like slept on it too. Some of his moments of him like pining for old Gamora are a bit cringe. But it can kind of counterbalance with the thing of this this dude literally has lost basically almost everybody that he actually truly loves. right? And like the few people that are around that he like actually loves, he's going to hold on to them for dear life. And it's not completely unreasonable either, given his past history.
0: No, and him being unhealthily hung up on this new Gamora also factors into his arc throughout the movie, which is that he has been running away from his past, or attempting to, and trying to just resume things as normal. And it really comes to a head when the new Gamora calls him out, going, What are you so afraid of in yourself that I need to be something to you? Hmm. Which was harsh, but hey, needed.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was harsh but fair.
0: (laughs) yeah. No, everybody, everybody's great in this.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Kraglin has the whole thing of trying to master the Yaka arrow. Cosmo has trying to get Kraglin to take back calling her a bad dog. <laughs> just,
1: I just love how she's like trying to be serious and then just goes, Bro, why would you say that? And it's like, this should not be adorable. Why is this cute? <laughs> it's very cute. She's <laughs> Make him take fat, calling me a bad dog. He's like, "No, I, I will not, because you are a bad dog." Everyone on the table is just like, "Ah, come come on, on, bro." (laughs) I like how for for that for that side gag in particular, it's not done any more or less than it needs to be because, like, it stops. The gag stops when it's needed to stop. It doesn't like hang around unnecessarily. And I, that was kind of the thing I was afraid. Of. I was like, oh, this is gonna bite someone in the ass later, isn't it? But it didn't. And I was very happy about that.
0: Okay. You know what's amazing to me? Mm-hmm. This is clearly Rocket's movie. Oh, yeah. yeah and in yeah. fact, makes the argument that it has always been Rocket's story. Yeah. And it manages to effectively convey that this is and always has been Rocket's story despite the fact that he spends most of the movie in a medically induced coma. <laughs> that's fucking crazy
1: that is insane
0: sure we get a lot of flashbacks but
1: yes and it has to be said deeply uncomfortable flashbacks
0: yeah just <laughs> the modifications are viscerally unpleasant especially the ones done to his other the other members of the same batch of experiments as him Lila the otter teeths the walrus and floor the rabbit right and just I- I'm not gonna lie I was not expecting them to die in the flashbacks
1: no it i kind of figured they died what did it for me is like i'm looking at the the, all of them together interacting being so happy together and i look at the fact that none of them are there and rocket being you know as kind of like dark hearted as he can be sometimes so it's like okay so they clearly die how do they die i did not have all of these characters Literally being shot in front of Rocket on that bingo card. <laughs>
0: yeah, I should have known, but I got suckered in by that scene in the trailer. The trailers did a great job of not letting on what happens in this movie. There are so many things that... that they show the end of the movie in the trailers. Yes. And yes, you have do. no idea. <laughs> you have no idea just from watching the trailer. It's crazy. But... yeah. They had that scene of Rocket and Lila hugging and Rocket looked just big enough where I was like, okay, that's 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 a tearful reunion, right? That's them seeing each other again. So maybe only Rocket gets out and the others are still being captured. Maybe High Evolutionary decides to use them as bait or something instead of incinerating them. And then as the movie started dragging on, I was like, n- not dragging on, but you know what I mean. As the movie yeah. started continuing, I was like, they're not leaving a lot of time for this reunion. And then Lila gets shot <laughs> and I just said, oh, oh no.
1: And- I have to say, as morbid as this will probably sound, the way to do it is really good because as the two of them are having a very happy, heartfelt moment and you hear this loud-ass fuck bang, I was just like, what the fuck was that? And then I look at her face and I'm like, wait, did she just get shot? And she falls and you see the high evolutionary with a gun. I'm just like, what? Just a regular ass gun too. Yeah, just a regular ass gun. He's like, "Yeah, I kind of thought you were going to do that." I'm like, "I'm sorry?"
0: <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> but no, everyone everyone gets a everyone gets a good moment though, even though it is the rocket show at the end of the day. You got Mantis not being quite as much of a doormat as she's been previously and learning to stand up for herself. You've got a better exploration of Drax's perceived uselessness on the team beyond just punching stuff, and Nebula, acclimated to being kind of sort of a leader, but also weighing what she actually wants, and being confronted with the fact that she's mean to everybody else because she can't find anything wrong with herself. Amazing how many people's stuff parallels the high evolutionary. Yeah. Because that's, that's Nebula's connection, the fact that She has to find fault in everybody else because it can't be her problem, which mirrors the high evolutionary's vain search for a perfect world when it can't happen because it's coming from him and his narcissistic, vainglorious ideas of what a perfect society should be. Yeah. You've got Quill needed to be in control of his relationship with the new Gamora. Kraglin refusing to take back hurtful things said to Cosmo. Not all of them are equally important, but it's amazing how much that thematic undertone continues.
1: Yeah, like every little arc and even the details of each little arc are are mirrored in the High Evolutionary. Did, was anyone on the good guys team also a grammar Nazi? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got me with that one. That took me a while. Yeah. I did not realize yeah. until after I saw it. Yeah, and I was just like, wait, how did I pick up on that before you? <laughs> I didn't even think about it. So there's a bit in one of the Rocket flashbacks where the High Evolutionary is showing Rocket what he's trying to do. And Rocket, who's still gaining a grasp of the English language at this point, keeps making mistakes, and the High Evolutionary just keeps correcting him passive-aggressively. And it wasn't until later that it hit me, oh my god, he's basically a eugenicist obsessed with people's syntax. He's an actual fucking grammar (laughs) Nazi.
1: Yeah, and I was just like, wait, you've only just realized that? Yep. No, (laughs) It's it's like... Like, literally, like, genocidal maniac who's killing everything that does not adhere to Harris' perfect vision also gets mad at people like your middle school English teacher for saying words incorrectly.
0: (laughs) In my defense, I'd like to pivot to another revelation that was had, and it's uh, going back to the soundtrack thing. Mm -hmm. So, I think what it's supposed to be is it's supposed to be indicative of the fact that this has always been Rocket story or at least a passing of the torch to Rocket since he's made the leader of the Guardians at the end, because we associate the whole 70s and 80s pop thing with the Guardians, but in truth, that's pretty strictly a quill thing.
2: Mm. He's hung
0: up on that era of music because that's the era that he got abducted from Earth from, that's the era where his mom was alive, and it symbolizes him starting to move away from that trauma to expand that roster of music and eventually him handing over the reins of leadership to Rocket, because Rocket does not have those same hang-ups, and just seems to like Earth music in general.
1: So what you're telling me is that Rocket is just a casual fan of the Beastie Boys.
0: Well, no, because that's on Quill's awesome mix.
1: Oh, true. Oh, never mind then.
0: That's on the Zune already. So, at the end of the movie, everybody lives. They managed to rescue a bunch of animals and experimented on children from the high evolutionary ship.
1: Which... (laughs) Is, make no mistake, is deeply uncomfortable and very unsettling, but it does contain an excellent joke, because during the bit where um, Nebula and Drax meet the kids, the kids do not speak the same language, for the most part, as those two. Joop-joop. But then Joop-joop. Joop-joop! <laughs> and then, at a certain point, Drax starts playing with them and, like, getting them more comfortable, and then he actually communicates to them in their language, knowing their language. Who is it that says, like, Oh yeah, I think even Mantis says it's like I'm not familiar with this language.
0: Yeah, it wasn't in their universal translator apparently, which begs yeah. the question did Drax already know it or did he just learn it very quickly talking to them?
1: Yeah, but then Nebula just looks and goes like why didn't you say you could speak their language? And you're like, why didn't you never ask? It's like uh- All right.
0: <laughs> she liked it when I made monkey noises. And he's just making weird robot sounds instead.
1: I was like, how is that a monkey?
0: <laughs> you and everybody else. Mm. No, I like how Mantis comes to Drac's defense, pointing out, yes, he's an idiot, but he's also loyal, and he's the only one here who doesn't hate himself. Yeah. And it's that lack of self-loathing that lets him connect to the kids and establish that connection. Wait, you think I'm stupid? Yes. Forget. <laughs> it just makes him <laughs> forget all about it. <laughs> A whole fucking planet blows up. Like, it ain't a whole, even a thing.
1: Yeah, a whole planet is literally incinerated.
0: And it just, it's because the high evolutionary is an asshole. When he's pointed out that his new counter-Earth isn't any better than regular Earth, he just goes, you know what, you're right. Time to raise it all and start again, like I've done a yes. hundred times in the past.
1: It's like, this is my perfect world. Perfect. the perfect world doesn't have, like, an octopus head selling meth to kids. You're right. <laughs> it's oh, like, start what? over.
0: Chop, chop. Hmm. <laughs> What an absolute dick. Indeed. I like how the Guardians are very much trying to do the right thing here and help their friend, but they're also very anti-heroic about it. (laughs) While still, they're still trying not to go out of the way to kill people who don't deserve it, but when they run into people who do? Oh, it's it's off. Oh, man. Mm. I guess it's not much of an arc, but Groot does get a whole bunch of new powers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaiju mode. Kaiju mode.
1: Full kaiju. No, not full kaiju! A kaiju mode turns into ID-88 from Star Wars. All the guns just, like, firing at every which direction.
0: Gliding wings!
1: <laughs> Gliding wings. <laughs> Crazy. It's like, it's like we got kaiju mode, we got Miyazaki mode.
0: <laughs> so, the movie ends with, basically, Quill decides to go back to Earth, because he's been running away for too long, and he decides to reconnect with his grandpa, and that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. Mantis decides to go off on her own because she hasn't really had any time to herself because first she just did whatever Ego wanted and then she was just doing whatever the Guardians wanted. Right. Nebula and Drax decide to just focus on the community of nowhere, Nebula leading the town itself and Drax helping to take care of the kids, which is also sweet because, as Nebula points out, he wasn't made to be a destroyer, he was born to be a dad. Right. Which, yeah, watching him interact with those kids is like, you know what, yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 and absolutely. it
0: doesn't—it doesn't feel like necessarily an—it doesn't feel like it came out of nowhere because we haven't really seen Drax interact with kids much,
2: right?
0: Except maybe on Nowhere, but at that point he was still probably caught up in grief, mm. and even so. then he didn't really interact; he just kind of ignored the kids on Nowhere. But again, right. that's probably a grief thing. And so Rocket ends up being made leader of the Guardians, and the Guardians now consist of himself, Groot. Craglin, Cosmo, Adam Warlock, and one of the rescued kids whose name is Phyla, which indicates she's supposed to be an iteration of Phyla Vell, presumably no relation to marvell in this one.
1: Oh, oh and, and then like we get post post credit scene as well,
0: <laughs> where Peter's just talking with his grandpa about mowing, helping them mow the neighbor's lawn. And th- this 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 was crazy to me. Of all things, we didn't get the Guardians of the Galaxy will return. We didn't get Rocket will return. We got the legendary Star-Lord will return.
1: Which my, like, kind of pea brain enjoyed that because while this is happening, he is in the middle of eating cereal. And during that text, and even the little bit after the text, where it's still more of the legalese, you still hear him eating the cereal.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I was thinking, it's like, man, this man is enjoying his cereal. Can you bit.
0: blame him? <laughs> Probably hasn't had cereal in years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But that's, but that's interesting. Uh, Yeah.
0: Especially,
1: yeah, if I remember correctly, the newspaper that the grandfather was reading wasn't also talking about, like, a alien invasion happening, like, right at that moment. Oh,
0: no, it was just about Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, okay. It was a nod
0: to the holiday special. Okay. I, I read a thing somewhere that said, and obviously it's, it's not substantiated, but the word is that apparently they might want to use him in Avengers movies going forward. Oh, okay. Which since he's the earthbound member of the team would make sense unless Kang goes full cosmic, there wouldn't be much reason for the Guardians to show back up. Right. But it's also interesting because you could have the this new Guardians team show up or you could have any of the other members still show up individually. Gamora went back to the Ravagers. So, depending on what story you tell, you could have any of them pop up again for a bit. True. So that's interesting to me. But all in all, it it was it was nice. And it sad. was a good movie.
1: And deeply uncomfortable.
0: And deeply uncomfortable.
1: All in one well-wrapped multi-million dollar package.
0: Yeah. So I assume the, the needle drop that was an exception was No Sleep Till Brooklyn?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it was one of those, th- and it's kind of a frustrating one, too, because it's one of those ones where it's like, I love this, but I don't know if this is what I would have picked. But
0: I can't think of anything else I would have picked. <laughs> You know, this is going to sound terrible. I might have gone with Fat Lip by Sum 41.
1: That is one I'm not familiar with, unfortunately. Oh, the
0: one that goes, I don't want to waste my time becoming another casualty of society. (laughs) But it's maybe a little not counterculture enough. enough. Hmm. It's not aggressively fuck you and yours enough.
1: Right. So. I will forever be happy about any usage of the Beastie Boys. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. And ah, oh, the that scene was so good. Mm-hmm. It's part of why this feels like such a satisfying conclusion because you get pretty much all of them just kicking ass in a hallway together.
1: Yeah, yeah. the vibes I got from that, and it's so crazy because in terms of overall like tone and everything, they're complete polar opposites. But it very much reminded me of the end of Mandalorian season two, where it's Luke just slaying all the droids, in the sense of just while it's very different in overall tone and composition, the the insane power is exactly the same, just in different ways. So I was like, okay, this is dope. <laughs> Honestly, it's not
0: even power. It's part of why I love the scene so much. It's just really good teamwork. Like, hmm. that's the point where, for all the bickering and for all the squabbling, and they've mostly progressed to a point where it's obvious that they all care about each other and they, they're very open about it, and it's not like they pretend that they don't like each other. But... yeah. That's the thing that really helps Hammer Home. No, this is a unit who's in sync, because they are just mowing through shit, one after the other after the other, fighting around each other, never getting in each other's way. Even Gamora manages to pick up on it, even though there are some points where it seems like she maybe needs a little bit of help with stuff. Not needs help, but isn't as used to this kind of fighting with them. As the rest of them. As the rest of them. Hmm. Which makes sense, because she isn't, and doesn't. But, oh, it was so good, and it was so the only the only cribble I have there is that it's not a full team thing mm. because Kraglin and Cosmo weren't there, but on the one hand, cosmos most of the movie is not really a in combat person, right, and if Craglin had the arrow, the whole thing would have been over like
1: yeah, that's kind of the whole thing of that arrow is super overpowered. <laughs>
0: Oh, you know what? What one. I think the last thing I've got. They got Michael Rooker back in the full Yondu makeup just for one fucking thing.
1: For one thing, and it's done so well.
0: (laughs) That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. Use your heart, boy. (laughs) And he's just there. That's fucking insane. I didn't figure we'd ever see him again in this movie. We might have got. I figured we might have gotten a line. And I wonder if. I'm, I, I might be overthinking it, but in the holiday special, one of the things that really got me was that the Yondu bits at the beginning and the end were all animated, and I figured, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They filmed this at the same time as Guardians 3, and since Yondu's obviously not going to show up there, they're not going to have him put on all the makeup just for these flashback sequences. That'd be ridiculous.
1: <laughs>
0: it was a bait!
1: Do it in the full-fledged movie. No, like It was a fucking
0: are... bait! I've been bamboozled! I've been They They misdirected me!
1: No, when the lines happened in the movie, I was like, okay, so they're going to do the whole Star Wars use the Force Luke thing. I wasn't expecting Yondu to just actually be there. Well, not be there, be there, obviously, but I wasn't expecting there to be a cameo of him.
0: Oh, you know what? I have one more thing that kind of leads into back into DC stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. James Gunn also confirmed that at least one member of the Guardians cast will be... In Superman Legacy. Oh boy! But that was as that was as specific as it got. It was in response to a fan question, and I want to point out there's a lot of actors in this who are just minor cameos who we could also be talking about. True. Nate Fillion is the Master Carja from the Orgoscope. Daniela Melchior, a rat catcher, she was Ura. Oh okay. Yeah, the one who thought that Quill was kind of a douchebag. <laughs>
1: oh, I did not recognize her at all.
0: Oh, well, in that case, you're going to really be blown away by this next one. That mm. one guard who Gamora shot in the leg? Okay. That's Jennifer Holland, James Gunn's wife.
1: Oh, really? What is it
0: with these directors?
1: That's a Hasn't he... No, I'm thinking of Thor Love and Thunder. Because doesn't, like, Chris Hemsworth, like, wife and and child, like, show up in that movie, too?
0: Yeah, his his daughter is Love, and... Mm his wife is the wolf lady who Thor was making out with on the wolf.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> no, I was referring to David Sandberg having his wife die in the first Shazam and almost have her car fall off a bridge in the second one.
1: Oh, geez. oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: DC, man.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's Domestic
0: like... conflict, am I right?
1: <laughs> it's like, how do you deal with your spats as wives? It's like, I just put my wife in, in the movies and pretend to kill her.
0: <laughs> it's very therapeutic.
2: It's very
1: therapeutic, I tell ya.
0: Ah. No, this was really good.
1: Hmm.
0: I can't wait to be able to watch all three of these back to back and sob uncontrollably.
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: So, I think that about wraps it up. I would say so. Neat. In that case, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. We're on a group of podcasts. I think I brought that up last week.
1: Yeah, so but can... still, it's it's worth bringing it up. We're on Google Podcasts now. Yeah,
0: you can follow us there, or on TikTok, or on Spotify. TikTok's pretty much just, I upload the shorts there, too. But, you know, mm. engagement is engagement. Feel free to share it around. Or don't. Oh, yes. I'm not actually going on strike. I can't <laughs> afford it. <laughs> Next week, we've got a few options, but only one that really jumps out to me. Oh, boy. Because we got... Knights of the Zodiac, or Knights of Zodiac, which is, I guess, a live action adaptation of Saint Seiya. Okay. We've got Hypnotic, that awful looking Ben Affleck movie.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Or we've got Book Club: The Next Chapter.
1: This is going to be an, an odd weekend.
0: I've never seen Book Club, so I'm probably leaning towards Knights of the Zodiac. Uh,
1: probably am too, even though I know nothing
0: about it. <laughs> Me neither. I just know it's based on a very old manga. Okay. <laughs> 1986 to 1990 oh boy yeah I've never seen any of this which means I can go in and be like this is fine or not I don't know <laughs> I can't go down the rabbit hole though I'm not gonna start watching it nope
1: no don't don't be like me please I beg you Cody <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I am warning you as a friend do not dive down the rabbit hole How many like episodes I did in
0: 114 no
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. No, nope, I mean, I not have, by this weekend. I mean, I'm talking in a general sense when it comes to anime and manga. Yeah. <laughs> N- not specifically with this, with this show.
0: Anyways, thanks again, everybody. This has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. The Scarlet Troll. And with Greg, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. And remember, Hollywood,
2: pay your fucking writers. Pay your writers. Be a good Joob Joob. <laughs>